Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank here from Sniper's Hide. Uh, we're going to do a throwback Thursday. I get it. You might not be listening to this on a Thursday, but I'm recording it on a Thursday. So I'm doing my throwback Thursday episode for you all. Hey, just another thing. Look at this new uh, show, this Annihilation, Natalie Portman thing. They're prepping us, man. The alien stuff's coming. And, and one of the reasons how I know this and just so you, a little, little bit of background, a little, little bit of history going on on Throwback Thursday, that I did work for the Men in Black. I, I don't say I did work for the Men in Black, but down at Rifles Only, we, we trained the Men in Black who've been around since, you know, the end of World War II. And, you know, they're there. I'm not going to out them, but let's just say I did classes for them. So I happen to know what's, what, what the deal is. And, and, and so if I come on here, and the first thing I say before any intro or anything like that is the chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. You know it's going down. I won't do the John has a long mustache. We already know he does. So, you know, that's a whole nother topic. We've talked to him about that mustache for ages and he refuses. So just just to let you let you know that, you know. We're not kidding when it comes to the alien stuff, but to throw back Thursday, I have here in front of me is my original manual from the Marine Corps. It's it's getting a little long in the tooth here, and and you know it's it's cool because it's got I got mission planning, which we're not going to do. There's all kinds of stuff in mission planning. I was good at mission planning, and then here's some marksmanship. We'll talk about field skills. I actually have the entire right here paper i have the entire deal of what it was from october 23rd to december 19th 1986 that was my class so even like here you know eight o'clock check-in you know 11 30 ciao then 12 30 check-in again then course intro turning weapons entrance exam even i take an entrance exam Go figure that. I was team 10, by the way. Um, we got up at 5 in the morning. Reveille. Chow. Cleanup was between 5 and 6.30. Initial PFT, 6.30. First thing after PFT, land nav. Then chow. Weapons draw. History of sniping. M40A1 rifle system. You know, on and on and on. But it's interesting because I want to go into the marksmanship side of it. And... There's different elements. I have the actual manual as well, but the, the part in here, I want to talk about the fundamentals when they go through. And it's a small little section. This was actually written in August of 86, so it was right there. But people kind of confuse the elements of good shooting position versus the fundamentals. And they, they call this the fundamentals of marksmanship, but they don't actually even mention the fundamentals. You got your elements of a good shooting position, and number one is bone support. Well, got to remember, the M40A1 didn't have a bipod, right? We used a pack, but mainly it was sling. So bone support was based on that good sling shooting. Now, the next one you go down is muscular relaxation. That is typical. You have to be, you know, relaxed that way. Um, and, and it goes into that muscular relaxation and then goes to natural point of aim. And they sort of put those two together. And that's all there is. For the elements of a good shooting position, it says bone support, muscular relaxation, natural point of aim. Doesn't say anything else after that until you get down to factors. But 
because what they're talking about there is that if you're steering the rifle and you're using your muscles to to steer the rifle on target, you're not relaxed, right? So what happens is when we fire, recoil creates like the p- part of this pre-flinch kind of deal, uh, is for lack of a better word. I'm I'm sure there's a technical term that I'll go uh, I'll go dig up after this and figure it out because and somebody might even know the the term. But our body relaxes for like a millisecond. Everything, when we talk a lot of time with shooting, it's in milliseconds. And you can almost take a millisecond and put for every millisecond something's going on. That's like a quarter minute downrange that we're going to see a pro or negative effect. So, I, and it's a, it's a wild ass guess on a number, but I'm going to say for every millisecond, it's a quarter minute, you know? My coffee. Somebody said today, that I drink my coffee with my pinky in my air, in the air. I don't quite know what that means. I don't think I come off as somebody who walks around with their pinky in their in the air, but okay. That, that's what they said to me. So anyway, your your body will relax for that millisecond, you know? And what'll happen is is if you steered the rifle on target, when that relax happens, you're gonna take some of that steer out of it. So in the prone, it's not nearly as big a deal because we're laying on the ground and there's not a whole lot of room for movement. You got bipod rear bag supporting the rifle. But in positional shooting, if your natural point of aim is jacked, that's where you end up being off target or off center. It may not make your group any bigger. Okay, that's not what it usually does. What it usually does is move your group over. We're such creatures of habit will do the same bad thing over and over again so it becomes something people can correct for. So it's one of those deals where I don't see a change in group size. I just see that the group may not be in line as it should. This also lends to a little bit of zero, but like I said, in a prone, it's not as bad. And and it's mainly positional, sling shooting. And like I said, a lot of this stuff in these old manuals and what people talk about go back to sling shooting. Okay, now after after those three bullets there for, for our elements of a good shooting position, then they go factors common to all shooting positions. Placement of the non-firing hand and elbow. Okay, they talk about that. And it says, you know, you need to be have your... Uh, your wrist straight and lock, your fingers may be curled against it, but it, it it's depend. The non-shooting grasps the rear sling swivel. This one is talking about holding the rear of the rifle, which is good, and not the front of the rifle, because some of these go to the front. You got to remember that. Remember, support the weapon must be placed as far forward, and it's funny too, because this is a note here in this. It says the and it says the front of the r- rifle is a tripod. Because we used to make tripods out of our uh, shelter half poles. So take 550 cord, your three shelter half poles, because, you know, each Marine infantryman carries a half, has the, the, the front part of the pole, the other guy has the other half and the back half of the pole. You put them together, we sleep together, yada, yada, yada. I just yada, yada, yada that. Elaine, hello. And, right, you got a shelter, now you got a tent. I have one half, you have the other, but I take my poles... And I multitask with them. I create a tripod with them. And it says, put them as far forward as possible on the stock to avoid the seesaw effect. So there you go. It's a good little thing. 
Then it's placement of the rifle butt in the pocket of the shoulder. Rifle butt is placed in the pocket of the shoulder, formed by the forward movement of the shooter's elbow. Proper placement of the rifle in the butt will steady the rifle and help to prevent it from slipping out. You know, easy. Then grip of the shooting hand. Shooting hand grip is the, the small of the stock firmly but not tight. This is where guys see either their breathing or their heartbeat because they're over-gripping. It's not so much a grip around the stock, it's back into the shoulder pocket. So just remember that. It's not a, that big thing, you know. And and then it talks about your trigger hand and things like that, that you don't want that trigger finger touching the side of the rifle stock, the thumb of the shooting rest, naturally on top of the stock and help, All right? So it just naturally forms a rest for the chin. And then placement of the shooting elbow, right? That That's saying forming the shoulder pocket. So you need it up a little bit forward, but out and as long as it keeps the wrist straight. I'm not going to get into too crazy detail because you can't see what I'm doing. So I'll just tell you about it. Then talks about stock weld or cheek weld, you know, uh, enable the eye to be positioned uh, behind the rifle and it talks about eye relief and different things like that. So you got your cheek weld, then it goes into breathing and uh, musk and then relaxation again. Now, here's an interesting thing with breathing. I, I, I don't know if the, I doubt they're listening, but I had a student who's an anesthesiologist up in New York. And um, he talked to us about the breathing side. And the, the, we always kind of look at don't hold your breath, right? Break at the bottom of your breathing cycle. Don't hold your breath. And it's like, well, we're, we talk oxygen deprivation and how it affects our eyesight. Our eyes start to flutter. And the first thing, our brain wants that oxygen flowing. So that's why we don't want to hold our breath. We constantly want to flow oxygen. But what they're telling us is, and I looked this up and, and I didn't, I, I won't get too deep into it right here. It's really our CO2 sensor. It's not so much we're being deprived of oxygen. It's our CO2 sensor in our bodies are really uh, sensitive. So as soon as that CO2 sensor starts reading a little too much CO2 in our system, which happens before the oxygen deprivation negatives, right? Well, when that sensor starts picking it up, it starts doing some things to our body that negatively affect the shot. That's why we want to keep breathing and not hold our breath. It's, it's, the, it's the addition of CO2 more so than the lack of oxygen. Uh, you can look it up. There's a whole lot on Google with it. And, and, and if you do that about your CO2 sensor, it's fast how quick that picks that up versus the oxygen. He was telling me that, you know, when they start playing who passes out kind of thing, games like that when they're in med school, if you put that oxygen sensor on your finger, like they use, you know, beep, 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 the little thing's got that sensor. You like them sound effects? Those are custom. Don't steal them. They're mine. Anyway, it takes like a minute and a half for the sensor. If you deprive your body from, ox you know, from breathing, it's about a minute and a half, which if you think about it, that's about where a lot of people fall when they hold their breath and they're swimming underwater, right? Yeah, they can manage a minute and a half, no problem. And so that's no, no big deal. But what it is, is that CO2. So that's just something to think about, um, that it, it's, it's not exactly what we thought. We're, we are correct in how we're phrasing it in a lot of ways, but we're looking at a different element of it. You know, 
And, and so then it goes into re- relaxation. And the final factor in shooting positions is relaxation. In order for the shot to be true, the sniper must be fully relaxed, both physically and mentally. Concentrate on making the shot count and try to rid your mind of other thoughts. Tom Cruise, man, friggin' Tom Cruise knew it better than all of us. What did he say in that movie? No mind, right? When he's all friggin' samurai warriored out, he was like the, you know, the American samurai. No mind. You got to take that whole no mind. That mantra in that movie, it's better than watching uh, Tom Berenger. Go watch Tom Cruise, not Tom Berenger. Got it? Important. That's a good safety tip. That's that's dollars right there. You guys should be donating to PayPal for that one. Tom Cruise is our savior. And now he's immortal because that mummy chick did some stuff to him the other night. And he'll never die. Which I didn't think he was going to die anyway. But he'll never die. And then there's some bad habits to avoid. That's the next section. And just for your reference, this is 0202-2. Whatever. So bad habits. Flinching is number one. Bucking is another is the shoulders. Bucking is your shoulders. We see a lot of people put shoulder into the rifle. Um, that's not uncommon. Jerking is back. So bucking is forward, jerking is back. And then the last thing is canting the reticle and not having that. So that's where they go with this. And then, um, you know, after the sniper follows off the round, he goes to follow through. Follow through is continued mental and physical application of the fundamentals after the round has been fired. Snipers drop the weapon and, um, you know, don't move until it's gone. So basically, follow through is the forgotten fundamental, okay? It, it absolutely, especially with guys, and we talked about this, if your trigger sets so light and it's surprising you and scaring you and you're not following through, up it up a little bit, man. It's bad juju. Follow through, follow through, throttle through. We talked about this before. You got to do it. Then, trigger control. Goes into some element trigger controls. It's first bullet point. It says continuous. The continuous method of trigger control. Press firing, avoid flinching. And then there's an interrupted method is used when the target, like a moving target, they're talking about an interrupted method. Then they go um, sight picture. They come back to that. They talked about it in, in the scope sections. But that's all they really go into. Now we break follow, uh, fundamentals down to that natural point of aim right? You, you line up behind the rifle, your natural point of aim. You're not muscling it. Rifle pointed to the target, body pointed to the rifles, how we did it down in Texas. So we're lined up. That's number one. Number two, we establish our sight picture, right? We get our cheek weld, our head behind the rifle, bripping, establish our sight picture. The next thing we got to think about, but not think about it. Think about that. We're going to think about it, but not think about it is our breathing, right? We're going to go through and we're going to make sure we, we kind of, we want to acknowledge our breathing cycle and know where we are so we understand the bottom of our respiratory pause, right? In, out, in, out. And we're kind of getting the shot lined up around that little bit of movement in our breathing. But we don't hold our breath. So bottom of the natural respiratory pause. Then we go to trigger control. That's the next thing we're going to be doing. Natural point of aim, lined up, sight picture behind the scope. Our breathing, we're, 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 that breathing is where we're relaxing, right? Because the breathing takes all that stuff out, gets rid of that tunnel vision, that oratory exclusion, all those different things. We breathe through these things, helps us relax. So that's where we are in 
that part. Remember relaxation mentioned twice, muscular relaxation and then straight up relaxation, both mentally and physically. It's in this point of the process we're relaxing. Then trigger control, right? 90 degree trigger finger, pat of the finger on the trigger, coming straight back, breaking the shot. The grip supports the rifle in the shoulder pocket, bringing it back. And it's isolating that trigger finger to make sure we don't run into a problem there. Boom. After the shot breaks, I just said it. Boom. Follow through. Follow through. Follow through. There you got your fundamentals of marksmanship. Holy cow. Now you mix in these elements and things like that. There, there are elements in here you can get into detail. Where you support the rifle. How you support the rifle. Because we're, again, not really doing bone support to that degree. But... Think about bone support this way, that firing elbow, if we're off our belly, that's why the bags, right? That firing elbow is getting supported. The elbow, a bone, that elbow, we're supporting it so we're not hanging out in the air. So if you're doing positional stuff, you want to support that firing elbow. And that's where that bit of bone support comes in nowadays. Because if we're already in the prone and we're already on that, you know, in that position, it's not that big a deal because the ground's making up so much of that support for us. But yeah, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff in here. What else do I got in this dang manual for Throwback Thursday? What is this? Range card, logbook, field sketch. Good. I'm, I'm telling you, man, you got to be writing this stuff down. That's how you diagnose these problems. Writing things down is great. Oh, look, I got amphibious reconnaissance school. My amphib recon lessons are in here. Uh, call for fire. I loved calling for fire. Fire support. That was one of them. I carried the radio, dude. Yeah. I, I, I went in the Marine Corps, like I said, 102 pounds. When I was, I was about 120 at this point. Well, here I was about 112 when I went to this. But when I got out, I was in that 120 zone weight-wise. I carried the Prick 77, man. I freaking loved it. I love calling the radio and doing all kinds of shit. That was one of my favorites. So I got here, call for fire. We don't we don't need to worry about that. Let's see. So here's some of the other, our, our field skill things. So I got history of sniping, range estimation techniques, techniques of observation, your range card logbook, techniques of camouflage, position and route selection, construction and occupation of a hide. Kim's games. Kim's games are fun, man. We always did Kim's games. And it helps too with the stages. Because I, I mean, it, it's funny. I've been to a couple like Core and m They had this stage. It's like, shoot one, come back. Shoot two, come. You had to do this kind of back and forth. And, and I'm, I'm socializing. I'm talking with everybody. We're, we're going on and on and on. It's like this. Frank's a talker. You know what I mean? And then it's like, hey, man, you're up on deck. You run up there and you go, oh, what's this stage? And the next thing you find out, it's this back and forth kind of complex shooting problem. At the, well, I think the last time I shot it, I dicked it all up and lost a bunch of points because I just, I wasn't in my head, man. I too, I hadn't paid attention and Kim's game would have helped. And Kim's game comes from uh, Rudyard Kipling. Kim in the Jungle Book, whatever, one of those things. Kim's game. But people say keep in mind, right? Keep in mind, Kim. Kim's game but it's really Kim's game and it was a way she entertained herself in the book or he I think it was Kim was a boy right don't want to get in trouble there maybe maybe he yeah he, he, he was a boy but identified as a woman back then I don't know I don't know what Kim's particular bent was he was into some funky shit you know 
he, uh, bondage. I don't know. He, he, he was nuts. Like, he had a meth habit later. So anyway, you put the 12 objects down. And we used to do this with observations too. Observations were, observations failed a lot of people in sniper school, man. But, um, you know, you put the objects down, they cover them up, you gather around, they uncover them for 30 seconds, and then you got to go back and write down what the heck you saw. And even if you didn't know what it was, you were supposed to describe it. You know, so say you don't know what a Duracell battery is, you would describe what a Duracell battery is, you know, that kind of stuff. Because sometimes they put some funky little tool or something down, and you may not know other than it is a tool or something, what it was. So... That also worked with uh, observations to help you get used to describing something even if you can't fully identify it. Like they used to always put like an RPG down behind a log and you'd only see a piece of the site. And then when they were walking through to show you the different elements that, you know, objects that were out there, you'd go, oh, right there by the log, there's a metal object, blah, 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 black and whatever. Then when he'd lift it up, it'd be an RPG. And you go, oh shit, you know. But all this stuff plays in. You know, going back here, techniques of observation. Like I said, observation, um, uh, what do you call it, failed a lot of people. There's the describe a hasty and detailed search method. Describe the proper method for focusing and holding for the binoculars. Describe the focus procedure for the telescope. Explain why the binoculars are used in a hasty and detailed, or how and why. Explain, you know, the, the spotter and then care for the, 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 the optics. But they talk about it. I And here's a tip, man, and something I carry for you guys, even if you're going to shoot PRS type, type stuff. I carry a small pair of, and I have uh, Leicas, um, Swarovskis are good, but a good pair of small binoculars when I shoot these matches. Because there are times, and you can't use, like, they don't want you with, like, a laser rangefinder. You know what I mean? You, obviously. Um, in, some, in some stages, you can't pull lasers up to go look at something. But they'll say, you'll come up for a stage brief, and there may be kind of a complex problem to find a target. And while this guy's briefing, even at these square ranges, the K&Ms, the cores, the rifles only and stuff, where it's not so much hidden in the woods or field course, I still bring a small pair of binoculars with me it, it's worthwhile to use these techniques here and to find um your targets and identify them when the range the range officer is giving you a brief you know i always have those little bit of binoculars and that's a bit of carry over to this you know what i mean so think about that kind of stuff and and i like how this kind of goes into the uh the nature of terrain um you know, upward sloping terrain gives a great, uh, an impression of a greater distance. Downward sloping terrain gives an impression of a shorter distance. Rough terrain with dead space tends to make the target appear closer. Smooth terrain such as sand, water, and snow gives the illusion of greater distance. Talks about light conditions. You know, there's a whole lot of this stuff that goes into it that really doesn't get talked about. You know, when we're looking at something and trying to estimate or we're trying to figure out and we're doing it in these matches, whether it's a field course or, you know, even at a PRS type stuff, you're still trying to say you have to remember they may give you the range, but do you have to decipher it, it, you know, making sure they're giving you the target. So it's like, is that target the 455 or the 545? You know, so these techniques help identify which one you're shooting. If there isn't, 
a sign. You know, it's easy when you just got to say signage A is 350, signage B is 450, signage C is 550. But if there's nothing that says what's 350, 450, 550, well, now you have to start using these techniques described in the manuals here. And, it, you know, it's amazing with, with how some of this old stuff is the same but different in in that kind of like we've modified certain elements of it but at the same time they're so much more important than we give them credit for it, it's worth revisiting you know you just have to understand where it varies and where they changed it what is this oh look at this man i got a map of haiti in here I got my maps of Haiti. These, uh-oh. Were these supposed to be? Oh, gee, I should put it on. Marmalade Haiti. Do they have marmalade in Haiti? Where the hell is marmalade Haiti? Haiti must have been a hot spot, man, that I got a map of Haiti. So that's crazy. I know I had some other maps, too. I think they're in a different spot. I got to go find them. But anyway, you get the you get the idea, you know, of what's going on when it comes to some of these things that we're looking about. You know, and, and here's the other thing people have gotten away from. There's a lot of tables in here. You know, here on this 102, uh, uh, 0102-5 is, is a mill ranging table. Uh, on the same other thing is range estimation table for people that are 6 foot, 5 foot 9 to 5 foot 6. So you're going to get a range estimation for somebody. And this goes to a mile. 2,000 yards, 1,800, and they're using minute a man with it. So, you know... That stuff's all here, and we were using that back then. And, and it's interesting we've gotten away from the tables and stuff we've talked about. And I think it's worth revisiting going back to tables and logbooks a little bit and backing up our computers and using our computers in a different way. You know, um, this mission planning is actually really, really good. You guys can't see that, though. I'm not going to let you know anything about mission planning. Oh, look at this one. This was fun. This is, look at this page. I turned to this dang page, and it's called Killing at Close Range. We used to go every morning, and we had like a little ninja camp. And uh, we used like cheap-ass uh, hose that was cut. It was like uh, 18 inches of hose folded in half and duct-taped, and that was our knives. That was our, our, our century removal blades and everything. Killing at Close Range, a constant in an ever-changing world. A slash cut really cares, however powerfully delivered because the vitals are protected by the enemy's weapons, also hits his bone, thrust two inches, oh man, all kinds of blood makes the grass grow green. And and this is from our instructor, uh, Vader, Darth Vader. That was my instructor. And it says right here, V-A-D-E-R. What year did Star Wars come out? You know, Selection of Victim. Silent sentry killing, selection of victim within the scope of the mission? Is he a target of opportunity? Psychological ramifications. Those were the favorite. I love the psychological ramifications. Becoming one with the victim. Acquisition of the victim attitude. Uh, acquisition of the victim timing, victim behavior, Victim's environment, controlling the victim, confusing the victim, maintaining a balance of the victim. Dude, there's some good shit in here on how to kill people. I didn't tell you that, though. I didn't say that out loud. Oh, look, I got some, some muscular bodies, hearts, 
All kinds of neat stuff in here. I we we used to go every morning. We used to get up early and go down into this little spot. If you're coming in, like when you're coming to Stones Bay, and the road sort of splits. There's like a backside service road, and it went behind Sniper School and Correctional Custody and all that there. And then there was the road went straight down the middle that took you to the ranges into the division headquarter, you know, the, the that Stones Bay headquarter area and all that. That went in front of correctional custody. Well, right where that road splits, right before the, the, the V kind of deal, you took a left and go down into a hole there. There was a whole little ninja camp for taking out um, taking out sentries and doing all this stuff. And, and it was pretty cool, man, um, how... How we did it with with your partner and, and how he stayed on it. Where if shit shit went to hell, he took the shot. You pushed off. Let the guy take the shot. You know, blew your cover. But what are you gonna do? Look at this environmental effects on ballistics. What's our learning objectives? Without the aid of reference, describe the general effects weather has on trajectory, um, the effect of angle fire. So there's all kinds of stuff here. And again, this bad wind rose. No, no, half, full. But it's funny, though. If you look at... It, here's an interesting thing with the Marine Corps wind rose right here, which is slightly different. It's calling full value from 130 to 430 on the clock system. So it's saying from 130 on a clock to 430 on a clock is full value. Half value is from 130 to 1230. So when you think about that corrected wind rose that I did, the Marine Corps wind rose was actually right. In in some ways, it's it's a little bit semantic-y. It's off by a quarter. But um, the wind rose is different than what you've normally seen. And this is a pretty crude one, to be honest with you. But there's some good stuff in here that's older. And that half value is exactly where a quarter wind would be. But it says half. And it's at the 1 o'clock position, 12.30 to 1.30, right? One's dead center. That's when I told you half the value was a quarter wind, not a full, you know, not a true half. And this this goes and demonstrates that. So Marine Corps had it right back then. The Army was fucking it up. Sorry, guys, you were. Um, the Marine Corps is right. But it says the most drastic effect on the sniper weapon system is wind. The most drastic effect is wind. WTF, right? Boom, we're going all this. I'm old. I'm 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 reliving old school shit here with you guys. Uh, more coffee, man. Gotta love it. So, you know, two factors of wind must be determined before compensation is made: direction and velocity. Right? We know that. Then we got the uh, first has to determine the wind direction as it applies to the clock system, and wind is classified at full, half, or no value. And it's illustrated below, and that's all they give it to you. Then it talks spotting, scopes, mirage. Uh, what do we got here? Again, they go to the constants of the flag. It's funny. We're, we're talking field stuff, right? We're talking, you know, a, a skill set that's a field skill set. And yet they're giving you the wind in the, in the formulas based off of a flag. Now they're telling you there is some observation methods with you know, under three, hardly felt drift smoke. Three to five, felt lightly on the face. Remember, our senses, what we see, what we feel, what we hear. So it felt lightly, trees are moving, we feel it, felt lightly on the face, 
We see it, trees moving constantly, raises dust and loose paper, and then you start to hear it when it's moving stuff around. Then it has the flag method, spotting scope method, temperature. Temperature has a definite effect on your elevation settings with the rifle. Increase in temperatures results in faster burns, blah, 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 blah. Decreased air resistance due to thinner air causes increased muzzle velocity and results in higher impact on the round. Sometimes you see it go lower because it, it's faster and it's flatter. Proper gun book recording, which would be data book. Proper data book recording cannot be overstressed. It says right here, proper data book recording cannot be overstressed. Right from the manual. Holy cow. You think I read this before. You know? And then here, the chart is provided to facilitate sight compensations generally. An increase of 20 degrees will increase the muzzle velocity by 50 feet per second. So they're giving you a powder temp offset. I'd have to look that up and see where they are. But with a... Um, Lake City match uh, with a special ball. They're giving you a powder temp offset in here. You know, here's an interesting humidity. Humidity's always fucked up. I haven't revisited the humidity in the Marine Corps book in ages. I know the Army has it wrong, but I want to see what the Marine Corps says. So I'm, I'm coming at this completely not remembering what it says. I, I have no reference to what the manual says, and it's actually a big paragraph. I'm going to read it so we can kind of visit it together and see what they say, and then we'll talk about it. Humidity. Although there is no, and this is going back to 1986 now, although there is no published data concerning the effects of humidity on ballistic, it plays an important part if the rifle was zeroed in one extreme in the area of the op in operations versus in the, uh, what is this, the opposite extreme in the humidity range. Humid weather results in, ah, see it's backwards, denser air. The denser air affects the round velocity and therefore resulting in a lower impact. Humidity is not as much a consideration at short ranges as it is at longer ranges. When humidity change is noticed, adjust the elevation setting according. If the humidity goes up, the elevation setting goes up. The humidity goes down, it goes down. Wrong. Ah, backwards. Okay, that effect of Denser air is a human reaction. It's not fact. It's actually lighter air by a measure. I, I have the graphics in my class, my PowerPoint. Um, there's a measured degree. Humid air is lighter air. Remember that. Humid air is lighter air. The Marine Corps is backwards. The Army was backwards. So they're, they're, they're completely wrong when it comes to that. And what it is, and here's the deal. The difference between 0% humidity and 100% humidity with the 175 308 at a thousand yards is four tenths of an inch. Just four tenths of an inch. It's not four tenths times ten. It's just four tenths of an inch. That's why we ignore humidity. But it's funny that these books all back then, armies and Marine Corps, got it backwards. They didn't change it till after the fact. I don't think it got changed until the 90s. And Sotic's manual fixed it. It had a trickle down from the Sotic. Big Army was wrong, Big Marine Corps wrong, Army Special Forces was right, but that happened in the 90s uh, when that came up. Now light, here it says, an often overlooked fundamental factor is light. Light affects the sniper's marksmanship abilities rather than affecting the ballistics. Although there is no specific data, generally a sniper will shoot high 
on a dull, cloudy day and shoot low on a bright, clear day and will shoot towards the direction of the sun is shining when intense horizontal light is shining from the sniper's flank. So it the, people see this and, and what they're finding out is Snell's effect. There's a bunch of um, uh, Snell's, Snell's effect stuff going on. And uh, that they're seeing too. We were talking about this with the Horus and the holdover. I was supposed to, I was supposed to go do some stuff about this yesterday, and it got moved. But what guys see with this light, you have to look up or in Google if you're bored. Snell, S N E L L effect. That tends to be what we see in some of these weird conditions, and that's very similar to the pencil and the in the glass of water. And things like that. But they're talking about the light effect. Some people see it. Now, the funny thing is, some ranges have it more pronounced than others. And it's hard. It's like I said, there's really hard to kind of go on it. But you have to know if the sun's coming across, it's going to shoot towards the sun. will shoot towards the direction of the sun. So that's something that maybe if you're seeing everybody else's off, you can you can work on. And then finally, it has a, the last page here. It has altitude variations in altitude result from the increase and decrease in air resistance. That's barometric pressure. We look at altitude as a factor of barometric pressure. The higher the elevation, the higher the velocity, the higher the impact. Corresponding change to site elevation down is required. The same can be said in the other extreme. Lower, that is lower altitude, the lower the impact. Although this change might seem slight, at longer ranges, altitude can change because we're talking, like I said, we use a barometric pressure. Like here, instead of 2992 as your sea level standard, I'm at like 24, and there's a there's an offset for temp. I'm like 2489 is my standard here in Denver. So instead of 2992, I'm 2489. You're subtracting the five from 5,000 feet above sea level from the 29. And then, like I said, there's a tiny offset for other factors. But, yeah, a little throwback Thursday in some of these manuals and things. And then, like I said, in the other thing I have in here is my, um, I have, there's more. It's, it's pretty thick. It's a, it's a three-inch, three-ring notebook that I got back in the day. It's chock full of my stuff. And then I have another page somewhere, a, a book. I know there's a box that has some stuff in it. But this is, this is my manual. I, you know, you can find a lot of these manuals online for free and download them and, and visit them. There is some bad data, just like I showed you in there, but there's some good data, too, to bring you back to original intent. I talk a lot about the fundamentals and the... Did I even breathe? Have I breathe, Have I been breathing in the last how many minutes here? Like 35 minutes? I don't think I remembered to breathe. I know I drank, but God damn, I don't think I... Hang on, I'm going to breathe for a minute. I don't think I remembered to do that, but... um. coffee. I'm drinking Blast. I get Baronet coffee from back in Connecticut and I have them ship it to me. And I use this um, bun, coffee maker, my cafe bun. And it makes Blast. Blast has three times the caffeine. So if you wonder why Frank's always up on it, on the wheel, I'm on the wheel, man. Turning left. It's Blast. And I got a Star Wars. Kiana got me a Star Wars cup at Disney and it has a stormtrooper and it says pew pew. So he's pew-pewing. Anyway, um, I like some of these manuals. I, I reference them. I keep them here at my desk. 
Uh, I have another old one. I'm going to go over across the, de the the room here and grab it. And it's a big one. I haven't looked at it in ages, but I'm going to pull it out because it's just staring at me. Here it is. It's from the Army Marksmanship Unit. And it's the Marksmanship and Coaches Guide. Let's see what year this is. I like this one. This one is, this is from Benning, and let's see if there's a date. Section 1, Techniques of the Marksmanship Instructor. Some people can use this instead of just letting you go out and shoot, you know? But um, it's pretty friggin' thick. It's about three inches in itself. I don't see a date on it. There almost always a date in these damn things. Where's a date? Does he have one in here? Blah, 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 blah. Not on the front. Not on the side, not on the back. It's old as shit, I know that, because it's a lot of sling shooting. Has regular days. It says, example, from February to February. You know, it doesn't have a date there. It doesn't have a year date. It has a month date. Let me see, where the hell is what a year date? Oh, wait, wait, what was that? Nope. I still can't find a date, man. Wow. It's old as shit, though. Has badges. Oh, 74. Here we go. This is from 1974. So it's going to have some old shit in here. Um, instructor activity, student activity. It's got some like of those guys. It's got lectures. The telling method, the advantage of the lecture. That's what I'm doing now. I'm lecturing. Quiet, please. Principles of methods of instructions, methods. Time intervals. And, and a lot of this is good because you can't overload people, man. It, it's That's why I like the three-day classes because you're not overloading it in the classroom. I play with the timing on my classes, uh, you know, as far as different four-hour versus six-hour in the classroom part of it because you do lose people every now and then. So it's it's interesting to see when a class like wants more classroom and when a class just wants to get out and shoot. And, and it's funny how that tends to work. But um, yeah, I got a bunch of the old manuals here that I, I flip through and look at. And, and it's I think it's worthwhile to revisit them. Like I said, just understand and how to put stuff in context, you know, and, and, and know when they're talking about an iron sight because they, they blur the lines in a lot of these between slings and iron sights. So you have to recognize when they're blurring these lines uh, of because these books are so old. You know what I mean? 74, 86, things like that. So that's something that I, I, I you know, I know there's guys out there who are reading out of these manuals kind of like I just did. But they're reading out of these manuals and presenting it to people, particularly YouTube and stuff. There's There's a guy reading out of the old manuals. You got to put it in context to modern times, to bipods, to scopes, to, you know, what we're doing and what we've learned differently. Like this tells you in the Marine Corps one, in, in breathing, it's saying you can hold your breath for 10 to 12 seconds. We know we don't want to do that. We've already, you know, we, we've got past that. Break it the natural respiratory pause. Because even if you're running, you know, if I tell you, okay, you're going to run 300 yards there, turn around, come 300 yards back and then shoot the target. Your heart rate's going to be up. Your breathing's going to be up automatically. The worst thing you can do would be to hold your breath. Even for that 10 to 12 seconds will screw you up big time. You know, and your body wants to breathe heavy. 
you have to do that. And, but if you break at your natural respiratory pause, you always you collapse on your skeletal system. You're always you're getting that heart and lungs out of the way. You always have it, even if you're breathing heavy. So put these things into context when you're looking at these old manuals. They're great references because they're not. They're you know they don't suffer from the game of telephone, which we talked about. That you know I tell you you're. you're your, your wife's a sexy beast and then, you know, the last guy says your wife's a hideous beast because it, it, it gets screwed up. But anyway, that's a shortcut. You know what I mean? The aliens, man, they got mind control. So that, you have to put it in context, all right? And uh, enough on that. Anyway, I want to talk milestones. With Mike uh, noticed last night, which was crazy, that Podbean is actually, we are in the popular sports and recreation so keep on sharing it. Keep on passing it around to your buddies. Hey, man, listen to the Everyday Sniper. You want to do that stuff because Podbean's seeing that we're popular and they're starting to put us on their front pages and stuff like that. It's pretty funny to go up and see. I mean, the Everyday Sniper and stuff, you know, mixed in with like Dale Jr. You know, there's NASCAR. There's Dan Patrick. They're the only other one I noticed. There's a couple hunting shows and then there's a gun talk radio or something on there. But... You guys are making it so they're noticing. And that is just insane oh cool. I really appreciate it that that this is being this is being accepted to this degree. I you know, I, I, I love the fact that you guys are are listening and watching and you know, like I said, share it to your buddies. If you got somebody new who might want to pick up some insight, I get it, it's a podcast and we're talking about it. The videos tend to do more. Well, speaking of videos. I mentioned this a couple times. We the online training system is back up and running on Snipers High, but the videos, I, I change video platforms like I mentioned at length, and and it's I'm sure it's not you guys, but if you hear it from somebody, you got to explain it to them. I have to make I, I had to have custom code made for my videos. Okay, I switched video platform because the one I was using will not view in the new form. It, they they don't recognize that code. So in in kind of one of those ways to not run code and not put a malicious code, they, they only let certain code work. I had to have a custom code made. So I did that. I got a different flow player because it I like it better than what I was using. So I'm doing that. Well, I have to take it and go to that. And, and they moved everything. The playlist is moved over, but I have to go to a video. I have to copy the full embed code. I have to paste it into a text file. I have to pull out the unique identifier, paste that into the custom code, then take the custom code and put it into the form. I'm by myself, man. It takes me a minute. I got a lot of them knocked out, but there's probably another 10 or so now. Maybe even a few more that need to be done. Don't. Please, please, this drives me nuts, man. Emailed, PM'd, and posted. The same thing. You don't need to hit me up in three different places for the same question. If you post it, don't PM it. If you PM it, don't email it. If you email it, don't do the either or the other two. I, 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 there was stuff written in another section. It wasn't written in that section. I, I had it in the main part that said, hey, it was back up and running, but I'm replacing the videos. And I knock out, you know, a bunch. There's 60, 70 videos there that I have to do this process to. 
you know, each time. So it's, it's a, you know, four or five step process. And, you know, to hit me up this morning that I got, I can't see the video. Yeah, I know. You could see a lot of them. You can't see all of them. You could see more today than you could yesterday. I'm getting on it. I don't need, you know, Tom Cruise sick in Scientology on me because you can't see your video. But I get with these podcasts, it's not the same as seeing it. You're hearing me talk about it. But I'm hopefully, I'm giving you, you know, food for thought. So you can go out and look at this stuff with a more critical and more educated eye. You know, what are they telling me? Why are they telling it to me? Are they just repeating something out of an old 1974 army manual like I got right here in front of me? You know, techniques of coaching the pistol team and all these different sight things. Favor left, favor right. What does it look like? You know, there's a lot in here. And some of it's probably really, 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 really great. But it doesn't apply to what you guys are doing today. So you got to know that. And so why? Why, why, why did he tell you to do that? Why did he tell you to do something or explain something to you? Is it because it was in a manual from 1986? Or is it because it's been filtered down to 2018? You know, doesn't happen on a lot of things. We didn't, like I said, we didn't invent a lot of this stuff. But at the same time, you know, you, you got you got to ask why. You got to know the context of this stuff. And, and that's what the podcast is about, bringing attention to it all. Cool? Cool. But thank you guys for, for subscribing, for following, for asking the questions. I know we're getting a lot of like, you guys are catching up and you're, you're seeing some of this or hearing, seeing, ah, you can't see me. I'm in my sweats and slippers, my little fuzz right here. And, um, but anyway, you guys, uh, you know, you guys are seeing some of these these podcasts or listening to some of these podcasts for the first time, so you're doing catch-up questions, and I appreciate that. You may have to go go to the next episode or the next two before you kind of post because we may have answered them, but I, I really definitely love the questions and love guys coming on a Sniper's High, the Everyday Sniper section, and, and you're asking me to follow up in more detail. I can definitely do that, and that's kind of how it should work. We talk about it, we, we throw these kind of tidbits at you, and then come on over and have us detail it out a little bit, or let us point you to the detail, because I may have a video on it. I may say, go to YouTube, to this video, I talk about it. You here, online training, I talk about it. So think about all that stuff, and then, um, you know, it, it, it'll definitely help you out. Cool? Thank you guys for listening, The Everyday Sniper. Uh, gonna get, I'm going to coordinate with Mike and get together so we, we get some Mike in here. Uh, I, I know you guys are hungry for some Mike. Uh, the banter back and forth. I want the banter back and forth. I like it a little better when I got somebody to work with. And uh, we all, we've talked to people about some um, interviews and things, and we're working on that. I'm going to try to set up. I don't like sort of the echo, the, the weird Skypey kind of deal with some of them, so I'm going to try to play with my system here and build a little nicer way of getting the interviews into the microphone in a, in a bit of a cleaner way. So I'm going to do that. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Frank, Snipers Hide, Low Light over there if you need to find me. The Everyday Sniper. Cheers. <laughs>